Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 38 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, and I am here, as always, with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. Good evening to you. Good evening. Yes, for the first time, we are recording this in the evening hours, early evening out here on the West Coast, a little later for you. Um, I think we can virtual cheers with our glass of wine. Yeah, absolutely. Clink. Um, and yeah, not only that, but normally Megan, you or I, you and I are in touch all the time by like text and email, but, um, as of recording this, I feel like we haven't talked in like several days. No, it's been a while. Yeah. We're catching up. So I actually have no idea what's going on in your life. No. And so today we'll be we're fun. Strange, we're virtual strangers. Yes. We're virtual strangers. <laughs> so today's topic is, this is kind of crazy. We've had a few requests from listeners to talk about pregnancy and birth, which is a wonderful topic, obviously, for moms. And we have a lot of listeners who are newer moms. But the funny thing is, you and I have not been pregnant or given birth super recently. Together? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> also so, that. Also yeah. that. Not in a few years. And yeah. I kind of like resisted this topic a little bit at first. I was like, well, what do we have to say? What do we have because to offer? Like, we're out of the loop. Yeah. Well, the thing, isn't it funny? I mean, the thing is, yes, <laughs> women have been getting pregnant and giving birth the same way, you know, besides some medical intervention type things right. for many, many, many years. And yet I do feel a little irrelevant when it comes to the whole thing. I feel like the apps didn't exist when I, you know, how did anyone yeah. get pregnant without or, apps? Or like the Facebook announcements or and Facebook the, announcements. Like the social media protocol. Yes. Um, but we have had the request more than once and we have a lot of listeners who are like pregnant with their second. So yeah. what the heck, right? We thought it'd be Why fun not? just yes. to kind of look back on our own pregnancies. And I think we had very different pregnancies and births. Yeah, so that'll be so. kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're going to get into today. Um, just if you're new to us, all of this is always at themomhour.com. And you'll find everything if we link to anything or we talk about anything and you didn't catch it, don't worry, it'll be right there. 
Um, but first, we have our regular segment, which I'm actually going to call a regular segment from now on. Except and this is the first time we've done it. This is the first time we've done it, but it's <laughs> okay. really just the evolution. <laughs> it's the first, it is the launch of what will be a very regular segment. Okay. Um, but as you guys know, if you're longtime listeners, we sometimes kind of like peek into our Instagram or sometimes we share a product with you. We've never had a cohesive plan for any of this. So I'm now officially calling it what's happening in your house this week, Megan. And you can tell me about what you've been up to, what's coming up for you. And then if there's an Instagram or a product that happens to go along with that little story, we'll always uh, show you guys in the show notes. But just kind of a fun way to peek into our lives. So Megan, what is happening in your house this week? Well, I mean, this, this week we're recording on a Monday and the, day, the week's really just beginning. But I will say for the last two weeks, and this is very similar to what's been going on in your house, and you can talk mm-hmm. about what happened in your house, um, there's just been sick. Mm. It, there's just been so much sick. Yeah. So I've actually been really busy with work and thought that I was going to have a couple of weeks to really ramp up what I was doing and it was going to work out great. And then Clara basically missed... I'm going to say seven days in the last Ugh. 10 days of school because oh she would either just not go or she'd go. And then after a couple hours, I get that call. Yes. And it always, and, and finally the secretary would be like, you know, I'm going to try to keep her. I'm going to see if I can talk her out of it. Cause yes. we couldn't even really tell if she, she wasn't running a fever and then we couldn't really tell yeah. if she was really sick or just sick of school, you know? Yeah. I have so, had those calls. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it ultimately most of the times it ended up, I had to go get her. And so it just kind of, you know, just throws everything off. Oh. Um, she never got scary sick, but just nights were all messed up. Yeah. She was waking up all night having weird dreams, you know, coming down and telling us Bummer. about them. They didn't make any sense. She thought things happened that didn't happen. Like, I think oh, she I wonder if she, was she feverish? Yeah. I mean, not That's... out of control fevers, right. but I think just, I think she's one of those kids when she has a fever, she gets those weird fever yeah. dreams that yeah. seem very vivid to her. Yeah. So it's just been like a little bit of, um, kind of like a lot, like lost weeks. Yes. You have those where they yes. just kind of go, you're like, what happened? Like, yes. nothing really got done. You just kind of had this illness. And then Owen stayed home one day and stood yeah. in front of the toilet for like three hours. He never did throw up, but he just stood in front of the toilet, <laughs> just waiting to throw up. And finally, I was like, you could just lay down with a bowl, honey. That's okay, too. Aww. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what's been going on in our house. Yeah. Well, what's going on? What's going to come up for you? Maybe it's what's looking ahead. Do you have anything fun oh. going on this week? Back to real life. Now it's back to real life, right? So yeah, yeah. No, I'd like to get back on a nice dinner time schedule. It involves most yeah. people and not just the ones who can stand or sit. Right. You know, <laughs> who can sit at the table. And um, no, I think you know we've got kind of a normal week coming up. We have a, we're babysitting a family, uh, two little kids that we know, two little boys that we know this weekend. So they'll be around all weekend. That'll be fun. Fun. Oh, fun. Other than that, no, not a lot. What about you? You've yeah. had also sick. We also have had sick. I mean, I should have knocked on all the wood because right in like mid-January, I was thinking to myself that we have had like an extraordinarily healthy winter. And I think this always is the case with our family is we do kind of skate through November and December and the holidays and even Violet's birthday, which is toward the end of January. And I'm always like, I can't believe we haven't been sick. And then it hits. So for us, it was like a high fever respiratory thing. They thought it was RSV. I don't think it was. It doesn't matter. It was that type of a, um, and Violet actually like was so sick. The fever lasted for so long that they sent us to the ER. It wasn't like lights flashing ambulance ER. It was just like, we'd been to the pediatrician three days in a row and they had tried antibiotics and the antibiotics weren't working, which come to find out it was just viral. That's why. But six days is six nights is a long time to have a high fever. Yeah. So, um, she's much better. Um, and so again, 
Yeah, I know. A little bit of background this evening, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, total sick week last week. I was even sick the week before that. But this week, I'm definitely wanting to get back on track. And it's my birthday coming up next oh, that's right. on Sunday. So, Yay. Um, yeah, and we have a four day weekend. Our kids have Friday off for President's I mean, everybody has President's Day Monday off, but I don't know if your kids have Friday off. So, our I actually schools. don't think my kids do have President's Day off. Oh, really? We get Martin oh. Luther King. I don't think we get President's oh, Day. Okay. So Monday, um, everybody's off. Friday, the public schools around here are off. So yeah. we're going to just give Reed a half day Friday anyway, and we're driving up to Santa Barbara. So Fun. yeah, so I'm feeling like putting sickness behind me, looking forward to, I kind of enjoy my birthday more as I get older, I have to say. I don't really want presents. I just want everyone to be nice to me and like to do whatever I want. So and I used to, I used to kind of make it. I used to kind of make fun of the whole birthday week or birthday weekend thing, but yeah. like my birthday has been sort of extending now past one day. It's yeah. just an excuse to have more fun, right? Yeah. So now it's like, oh, the day before, the day after, the day of, yeah. the day after, maybe the yeah. maybe the whole week. I mean, yeah. just kind of depending like, where it falls. I kind of like the anticipation of it, like the lead up. And it it's usually around President's Day weekend, but this year it's the Sunday of a 4-day weekend, which is kind nice. of perfect. It's like I don't have to we don't have to get back to real life the next day, but we have a couple of days to ease in. So yeah, yeah I'm Perfect. just gonna kinda enjoy. Nice. So yeah, that's what's happening in our house this week. So should um, we shall we talk about the birth? Let's talk about the pregnancies and the births. Oh, one more thing real quick. Oh, um, sure. is that I wanted to mention that our site was down. If you went to the momhour.com in the last few days and yes. it was down, it was not you. Sorry, everybody. It's apparently back. we had a spike. Yes. So I don't, I don't exactly know what that. We don't know what that means. We, it had a spike or something happened. I don't know. It's back, but the the good news is the podcast. If you listen, it, uh, like in a podcast app, um, those that was all fine. The podcast itself was always there, but the website where we post our show notes was down for a few days. Well, so a little just... greedy part of me hoped that people who usually listen through the browser may have taken the opportunity. Yeah, to go you know, subscribe. To go subscribe because that that case it wouldn't matter. We could have spikes all day and night. And you would still be able to access our show on iTunes right. or Podcatcher or whatever you That is through, true. So. You can always find us. Um, okay. So let's travel back in time. Oh my tell me the last time you were pregnant. What was the year when you were pregnant when you're, with your I, last? I do I have to tell you this? Okay. Let's well, you see. don't have to. If you don't yeah, know well, I mean, everybody. No, I know the year, Sarah. <laughs> I'm just saying it makes me feel like, I don't know, not old, but just it makes me feel kind of out of it. It was 2009. And okay. can I say there was a time of my life, and I would say there was a good, solid 10 to 12-year period of my life when I was absolutely obsessed with pregnancy and birth. Like, I thought, I knew I would never be a midwife. I just, I, I didn't really ever see myself, first of all, putting in the education, but secondly, right. also just being responsible to that level. Right. But I really did very seriously consider being coming a doula, a birth doula, mm -hmm. or a childbirth educator. Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my uptown loafers and Willa slip-on flat and your Chardonnay heeled sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 classic sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. 
And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah. And let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And um, the funny thing is a couple of years after my last kid, I just totally stopped caring, <laughs> which so sounds funny. terrible. I mean, I still, I still love talking to other pregnant women who are really excited about their pregnancies. And I think it's awesome and magical and amazing. Um, but it's funny how sometimes when you get out of that phase of, you know, a certain phase of your life, you just go, oh, well, that was fun. Yeah. Move, move well, on. and it's like your brain has to make room for what's right in front of you. Yes. Yes. So it's not that you don't like love and appreciate that time, but it's like your, your brain can only like treat it now with sort of loving nostalgia. Yeah, because it's nostalgia. In front of, exactly. In front of you is, is other like stuff. The, the other stuff, <laughs> right. the other ages. Exactly. Um, so, okay. So I was last pregnant just over three years ago. So I have a little bit more recent memory because my youngest just turned three. But yeah, for all of you out there, all of our memories are a little rose colored. We have, we're looking back through um, the blur of hindsight a little bit. Um, so, all right, let's just start off by talking about kind of, here's what I want to talk about. When you were pregnant, um, how did you kind of find the type of pregnant person you were going to be? And I know you know what I mean by this. Like you're, you either have people around you who've been pregnant. I know your sister had kids who were older or you're reading books because at this time, and like both for you and me, it was like more books and magazines and some online articles. Yeah. But at some point, like I feel like people kind of find their way, whether it's like a more natural approach or yeah. whatever. And I'm very curious, like how if that happened more like with each subsequent kid or if you started off being like, OK, I'm going this route. This feels right to me. That's a really good question. OK, so for me, my sister was the only person really the only person even close to my age, she's 10 years older, but, but only close to my age who I really experienced pregnancies through. Right. Right. So, you know, I was the last of my mom and dad's kids. Like, I mean, really, yeah, she was the only person I'd really known pregnant and she had very classically medically managed births, like induced, um, the first was an emergency cesarean because, well, the induction didn't really take, wasn't really emergency, but it was, it became yeah. emergent at some right. point. Um, but they were just very, you know, always epidural. It was just very kind of medically managed. And I was actually there for her, um, her third, Cecily, who was exactly a year to the day older than Jacob. Okay. And I was there for her birth. So you weren't pregnant yet. But I wasn't be- pregnant yet, but it wouldn't be long. And uh, John was there too. He was waiting in the waiting room for me. Isn't that cute? Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> but it was one of those, like she got induced, it didn't take, like she sat all day waiting, nothing happened. They, uh, you know, took her off the machines. Like she got to eat some Burger King or whatever. Then the next day they started again. And so it was kind of a long and very boring process. That's mm-hmm. what I remember. This is the 
it was very kind of just anticlimactic and boring, which was fine. I mean, you don't need people screaming and rending their garments right. and things. But um, so she was the only person to really experience that through. And then when I got pregnant, I I marched myself. You know, this was a very surprise situation. I was mm-hmm. 19. And John and I marched ourselves down to the public library. And I just picked up whatever books were there. And I remember like reading the chapters where it really got into the process. And I remember thinking, I don't like pain. In fact, at that time, you know, I would have, if you'd asked me any time before I got pregnant, I would have said, give me drugs. Like, mm-hmm. I do not want to be a murder. That does not interest me, blah, blah, blah. But I was reading about the options and like what mm-hmm. could happen. And I just remember getting really skeeved out by most of the medical stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas most of the birth stuff didn't really freak me out. It just sounded painful. <laughs> you know. Right. But I was kind of, I felt like I just got to a point where all of the management part mm-hmm. was scarier to me than the other parts. And That's I, it was, and I just kind of flipped a switch. It wasn't like I had like a hippie mom. Right. My mom had really no opinion about it. Um, at least that she expressed to me, right. everybody, most people I knew who were older, I feel like had had cesareans. There was like a, a point, mm. you know, in the seventies and eighties yeah. where it was very common. Right. I mean, it still is still incredibly common, but like, I just feel like those were the stories I had heard where it was really, really medical or even going back to like when my sister was born, I want to say my mom may have still had like the twilight sleep thing. When yeah. My sister I think was they born. did that into, into the seventies. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, it's not like I had people telling me this is how I should do it. That was just seemed, that just seemed like the way I should do it. Mm-hmm. So then I had Jacob and, you know, uh, Fantasy is one thing, reality is another, and it just turned out like, you know, the, the, all the things, the techniques that they told, that the book said were going to work really great, you know, they worked to some degree, but it, it still was so much more challenging than I really could have mm-hmm. expected. And so his birth ended up being a little more medically managed than I would have liked, mm-hmm. um, but not a ton, just more than I loved. And then after that, uh, Isaac was a home birth and his, so Jacob's labor was probably, I don't know, 16 hours. Isaac's was four. And then after that, they just keeps getting shorter. Like, yeah, Isaac was four. Will was like three, maybe. Owen was maybe three, but it was like, he also, he was huge and his elbow was out weird. So he didn't come down like his, he kind of had his hand like wrapped around his neck and his elbow was out. Like he was lounging. So (laughs) that took a few more pushes. (laughs) And then Clara was like two hours. So it's and really so just to just to get specific. Jacob yeah. was born in a hospital, and were all yes. the others born at home? Uh, two. So um, Isaac was born at home, and Clara was born at home. The two in the middle were born at a birth center. We lived in okay. in the Lansing area, and there was a great okay. birth center there. So, but there was it was it was essentially like a home birth in a hotel right. situation. Right. You know, it was a little more like. It was a little more, I guess, official medically, mm-hmm. but it's. But when I talk about that stuff, it's always funny to me because I really don't know what it's like to have a long home birth. I mean, that was never my experience. Right. Like I had my one hospital birth and um, I did get some narcotics, which I felt like made things worse, honestly, because it just made me feel out of control and crazy, but not less pain. You know, right. um, I didn't I didn't love that. I didn't know I wouldn't love it until after I had right. it. Then right. I was like, oh, whoops. Um with the other ones, it was so short. I really don't feel like, I mean, I feel like I can give my opinion and like my experience, but right. I know it's so not applicable to so many other experiences. But the other thing I will say that's different about the other four besides Jake, you know, Jacob was very traditional, like in a hospital 
exam table type of bed, right. blah, blah, blah. The other ones were all water births. And I really, if I had to pick the one thing I feel like made the biggest difference, it was that water. Mm-hmm. I really do think that that made, for me, a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's like a long. Yeah. No, I love it. It's like the it. long so, version. So just to jump right in, I had yeah. three scheduled C-sections. Right. So about as opposite as you can get, which is, I think, why this is so interesting. They were not elective, or at least the first one was not elective. I didn't just like pick up the phone and say, I'd Hello, like C-sections are us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I guess the reason, and I'll kind of like tell my C-section story in a second, but I guess the reason I started with that question is I look back and I feel like I was in an environment. I was in Phoenix, Metro Phoenix area, Arizona, which was predominantly mainstream medical care. Not a lot of earthy, crunchy, natural things going on that I was aware of. Of course, there are like pockets of that everywhere and you can find your tribe. But like the people I knew, it just seemed like it was, it's a, and I still think that about Arizona and Phoenix. It's just not known for being like super earthy, crunchy, natural. So I kind of like just went with what was around me, at least in the pregnancy part. Like, you know, I had a regular OB. um, And it's so funny because now I know people even in that area who see midwives and, you know, it's just funny. But at the time, it just seemed like what you did. So I went to like a pretty mainstream OB office and um, Allegra was breech as from as early on as they could even, you know, I mean, they flip around a lot, obviously, when they're smaller, but from the time when they start to commit to head up or head right. down, she was breech. And I had just started my, like the childbirth classes at the hospital and ours were, it was a set of three. So it was like three Monday nights. Say you went from like six to 9 PM. So I had had the first one. And so they talk about labor and they talk, and they give you a tour of the hospital. And then by the time I went to the second childbirth class, I knew that she was breech. And I knew that there was a very good chance that I would end up in a C-section. My doctor had talked to me about doing the external version and trying to flip her and that it had a really low success rate in people like me, first time moms and a few other reasons. But so I knew, and I wasn't super, super bummed about it, but I do remember going to that childbirth class, the second of three and being like, why am I here? Nothing, (laughs) none of this This doesn't apply. It's very unusual other than breach and maybe a few other like obscure medical things. There's not a lot of times where you know your first one's going to be a c-section there's lots like you were saying with your sister where you labor and end up in a c-section but um to know and i mean i'm talking like 32 33 weeks on i knew and you know there was a chance she'd flip but they didn't they didn't think she would and i don't remember like a huge loss i remember thinking i i feel like i should feel more like bummed about this but i don't i mean i was mostly just happy everything was looking fine on ultrasound and whatever Um, so I had a scheduled C-section. I will say that from all the birth stories I know that end in C-section, going in rested and knowing what to expect makes a huge difference in, I think, um, some of like the, the reactions to anesthesia and narcotics and, and recovering from surgery. I mean, no one C-section story is the same, but I, I think there's a huge difference in, in going in for a scheduled C-section versus your expectations. Yeah, you know, expectations. There's so much emotion involved in that. Labor for like 15 hours. Yeah. I mean, think how tired your body is at that point, and then you have to go through major surgery. So, anyway, so I had a scheduled C-section. I I will say, of all my, I don't have many regrets at all in all of this, but I have one regret, and that is that I did not look into a VBAC more with my second pregnancy. That is a time where I'll just say I I was I very much was like swept along in what 
my doctors were saying, what, and I knew, I mean, I knew about VBACs and I knew that people were sort of championing them out there, but I just, I knew a lot of people who'd had C-sections, very easy, successful, happy C-sections, you know, and didn't have, you know, their milk still came in. They still bonded with their baby. I was surrounded by quite a few quote unquote happy C-section stories. And I just didn't ask a lot of questions about whether I'd make a good VBAC candidate. And I think I would have made a great VBAC candidate. And I still do regret that I didn't at least ask the questions or look into it more with the second pregnancy. Because when I did have start to ask those questions, it was my third pregnancy. And the, the, like, the risk-reward conversation <laughs> right. is way different. It and is, you can, yeah. You can find information that supports it and all of that. But it was, it was a different conversation than I would have had with my second pregnancy. Well, and I'm a huge advocate for VBAC when, when the mom really wants it. I will say, I don't know where birth culture is at right now because I haven't paid close attention in a few years, but I mean, it's gone up and down so much where it also, depending where you are in the country, where like 10 years ago, everyone's yay VBAC. And then eight Mm -hmm. years ago, everyone's boo, no VBAC. And then, you know, six years ago, everyone's like, I don't know, maybe It, it was, it's gone up and down dramatically. Mm-hmm. over the last, I don't even know how many years, 20? I mean, yeah. where it used to be kind of, I feel like at first it was like, yeah, why Why not? Right. You know, try what? Sure. Um, and then it kind of became, it kind of swung so far in the other direction. And I'm hoping it's come back to a middle ground where, and even like with the, the labor thing, um, I, I agree. I know several people who've had, um, who've had planned cesareans versus, you know, versus not even emergent, but just. Right you know, labor for a long time right. and then end up with a cesarean. They do say that there's a lot of benefits for mom and baby if you have a, a trial of labor, but I think that could even be planned. I mean, I think if everyone yeah. was really, really on board with making sure like all of their best interests were, mm-hmm. everyone's best interests were covered, like maybe it's a four-hour labor right. and then, okay, not happening. Right. Now let's just go ahead. It's The equipment's all there. The people right. are there. Right. It takes maybe a little bit more planning and maybe someone, right. maybe it's a little more unpredictable on their end. But I feel like, you know, there's there's room since it seems like this, you know, we're now, I mean, last I checked, we were like at a, you know, one third. Yeah, I think it's about a third. A yeah. third cesarean rate. That's a huge population. I just feel like there's so much more room to make that one third have a better experience. Yeah. Regardless of what that looks like. Yes. Well, I kind of actually felt proud to, (laughs) not proud. No, I'm not, not proud of the fact that I had cesareans, but I, I I felt really good about being a resource for people who found out during their pregnancy that they were going to have a cesarean just because I felt like, because I had always known I was pretty well prepared. I was able to ask a lot of questions, say of the anesthesiologist right before I was very, you know, I was very calm during all the pre-op stuff, which you're not always, if you've been in labor or if you had envisioned it this other way, it, it's like all of a sudden it's like a far right turn. Whereas for me, I kind of had the benefit and I had three of them. So I've had so right. many people over the years come to me and be like, okay, well, I'm, I, it's either breach. I mean, a lot of times that's the reason or whatever. And I, you know, I kind of feel like I have this good amount of knowledge about what worked, what didn't. I got a lot better about communicating with the anesthesiologist as, you know, as my, with my second and third time and about like coming off of the medications. I mean, it's major surgery. So the things that to consider are so different. I don't, it's not, you know, it is what it is, but it's just very different than the things you read up on or consider 
with the traditional birth. So yeah. I, I did all kind of feel like it was my superpower for a while. <laughs> like I was the one to ask if you had to have a planned cesarean because I had done it three times. Yeah. And you know, another thing, Sarah, I think, you know, and, and this is something I think it's very easy to forget about when you're, I, I you remember how we talked about um, milestones mm-hmm. and we purposely didn't cover like newborn and infant mm-hmm. milestones, partly because we figured that had been covered before, but partly because we're like, those are some things that people get super freaky about, you know, yeah. and we did. I did. I mean, mm-hmm. I got weird about baby stuff. I got mm-hmm. really intensely, hormonally, emotionally um, invested mm-hmm. in what I was doing because I felt like the opposite of what I was doing negated the importance or the validity of what I right. was doing. Yeah. So it was just, you That's, know, and yeah. it's just like that with birth stuff, which is so yeah. funny. Now we can, we can have this, you know, this very healthy removed yeah. <laughs> sort of like looking back and going, oh, like, you know, we're like, you know, buddies and we had completely yeah. different births. But, you know, yeah. had we met and yeah. you were having a planned cesarean when, you know, if we were like meeting and had both our pregnant bellies yeah. and I was planning a home birth and you were planning a planned yeah. cesarean, yeah, we might still be good friends, but there's always going to be that little bit of friction. Like, oh, yeah. why is yeah. she doing that? Like, why, why yeah. are you doing this? And I think one thing that we don't always account for is personality differences. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, Jenna, my sister-in-law, we talk about all the time because you yeah. and her are like, we're sort of like, we're, yes, we're. <laughs> I'm your work, Jenna. You're, yes, you're my work, Jenna. Um, you guys are planners, right? Yeah. So she had three cesareans, not all completely planned, but right. I think in the back of her head, she kind of, after the first, which was definitely not planned, that was emergency. Right. I think she kind of just knew yeah, probably pretty likely that was going to go. And yeah. I think for her as a planner, it yeah. was better to know. And that gave her a feeling of a sense of control over the yeah, situation totally. that just gave her comfort. Where for me, I kind of like, it didn't really bother me that I was like two and a half weeks late with right. one of my kids. I mean, it bothered me. I didn't want to wake up pregnant every day, right. but it wasn't like I woke up and was like, oh my God, what this, why am I not having this baby? Like what's right. wrong with me? Like what's going on? I was kind of like, eh, you know, yeah. Look how many comes. I'm super uncomfortable. I really want him out. Yeah. But there wasn't that sense of like this part has to be planned. That's my personality. It's much easier for someone like me to embrace the unknown. Right. And that's not a strength necessarily. It's just a difference. Right. Well, and I think, I mean, I think that that is really wise and just can be applied to so many things in, especially pregnancy and birth and early motherhood, which is that like kind of to know yourself. And actually you used to write about this a lot, actually, like to know yourself, you may not know what you're getting into. Like it may be your first foray into childbirth, but you've lived with yourself for 25, 35, 40 years. And to kind of like allow that to be a part of the decision because everyone is totally different. This is a little tangent, but it's totally on the same topic. I had this like friend when I was a brand new mom who took her baby to the doctor and she was like, I can't get her on a nap schedule. She was like, the baby was like four months old. And the doctor Mm. looked at her and he was like, are you a scheduled person? And she was like, no, I hate schedules. And he was like, then your baby doesn't need to be a scheduled person. Right. You know, kind of like, like look inward first. And then of course, like we have to do the research and trust the outside sources too. But um, I think when it's so new, it's easy to want to ignore that part because it's like, well, what do I know? I don't know anything about this. But you're so right that like we are who we are. And that is yeah. it's not the whole puzzle, but it's a piece of the puzzle for it's sure. It's a big piece of the puzzle. And and I think sometimes like who who the people are around you can unduly, unfairly sometimes influence you when it really I feel like when 
you're the mom, you get to decide. So, you know, it yes. doesn't really matter what your mother or your mother-in-law's preferences would have been. And yes, you should take into account your husband or, or co-parents' right. ideas. But but really, you're the one either pushing this baby out or having it, you know, removed having from your major, body. Major so abdominal your, surgery. Major abdominal surgery. One way or the other, I mean, you're doing the work. Yeah. So I kind of end, and you're going to be the one going through like, the really hard emotional stuff around that, whatever your either yeah. choice or non-choice. It yeah. might not be a choice, you know? Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I, I, yes, know yourself. You're totally, you're so right. But also just be, get really okay with that. Like yes, what you're, you are and who you are and who cares what the people, I know it's easy for me to say who cares what well, that, the moms, no, I mean, the moms group think, but truly because here we are how many years later, not that yeah. many years later. Yeah. Saying it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't. It truly does not. Yeah. And the, and a positive birth experience can be had if you are okay with, right. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. so it, it, the positive birth experience doesn't have to look like a checklist. It can look like you participating in the process in the way that feels yeah. good. That the kind of the reason I wanted to start with this question is I do, I often wonder if I would have been like swayed in a different direction, if I'd been surrounded by different types of people, if Maybe. I'd been in a more like home birthy natural so it's a, it's kind you of might have be, you might have become the very planny <laughs> home birther you know yeah totally i mean totally. it's all like and and I, another thing that i think is really important to consider is although you, i mean she was breech i don't know a whole lot of breech home births i mean that that is even a little bit and i know it happens and i'm not you know right. even right. then i think that the, that's the decision you make in the environment you're in and you right. know what your options are right like you know you're the one who knows if you go and you see your OB, who's the only OB that you have right. available to you, and you think he or she sucks, then, you know, your choice might be different than someone who has multiple options. So right. it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions and I'm not even going to dig into like the right, because I just feel like it's so personal and so right. private. Um, But you never know. Like, yes, it would be yeah, unusual guess, like, for my... you to end up with a breach home birth. <laughs> yeah. Well, vaginal, and my point but... is, I, I just didn't do a lot of that, like soul searching at right. that time. Yeah. And so I just, I just went with it for better or for worse. And I have no regrets, but it is interesting to think about if you were surrounded or if you had, yeah. you know, different people around you, would things have been different? It's just, yeah. it's kind of like an interesting thing to ponder. I'm curious listeners, if you're pregnant out there, I'd love to hear from people how, like how you, how you feel you make decisions. If it is like from a, like do your homework, do your research. If it's just go with what, you know, feels right at the time, because I think for a lot of us, the first time pregnancy, it's all new. So at some yeah. point you find your, like you said, you went to the public library and something kind of like spoke to you something when you, spoke to me. yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting. I don't think everyone finds their way the same, but I think it's interesting. Well, uh, I have, I have two actually, before we move on or whatever yeah, yeah. you're going to ask me, you can't ask me that yet. Um, <laughs> I was going to say two other things about that. And one is, um, oh, I completely lost my train of thought, but I, oh, 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 I know what it was. Okay. So what, one thing I was going to say is you can't downplay, at least for me, I'm a very intuitive person. That's, you know, right. one of the things that I am. So for me, um, a big reason, I think even with my first, it was a little more medically interventive than I would have liked, but it overall was pretty good experience for a first baby, especially being, you know, at this point, 20, the nurses like treated me like I was an idiot. Like it, you know, yeah. that there was a lot of stuff going on that sort of set me up to fail. And I mm -hmm. feel like even all those things considered, I had a pretty good experience. But a big part of that was I switched providers at tw uh, 33 weeks. Oh, wow. So I'd been seeing just kind of like a big OB office. Yeah. 
And I was rotating through these doctors and I finally came in and I remember asking this doctor questions and he wouldn't answer any of the questions. It was like, he would just say, well, you don't have to worry about that now. You don't have to worry about that now. You don't have to worry about that now. And I thought, well, when am I going to worry about it then? Right. And I went home and just thought, and I'm always like a night, like I'm a good patient. I'm a nice girl. Yeah. I don't give people trouble. Usually I'm actually outgrowing that (laughs) the closer I get to 40. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The worse I am at all of those things. But I mean, at that phase of my life, I was like, I'm going to be like the best like little, yeah. you know, 20 year old pregnant girl. Yeah. And I'm going to seem really like educated about it. And I'm going to go along. I'm going to go with the flow and I'm going to do what I'm told. I'm just going to be a really good patient. And I got to that appointment. And I like went home and thought, I don't think I don't feel safe going there. I just mm-hmm. feel like I'm going to end up messed up somehow. Like it just didn't seem right. And so I went home and started looking around and I, at first I really didn't think switching was an option. I had read, you probably can't after 31 or 32 weeks, but I ended up calling. It was a, it was an office that, you know, it was an OB's office. They had two nurse midwives and I called and I spoke to one of the nurse midwives and just said, here's what's going on with me. I feel like I just needed like someone to talk to me for more yeah. than five minutes. Yeah. And she said, yes, we'll get you in. And I had no risk factors. I mean, right, right. I was basically their dream come true, right. like a 20-year-old, healthy 20-year-old. They're like, yeah. yes, please, yeah. please to come in here. You look well-nourished. Yeah. Um, but it was it, that, honestly, even maybe, maybe like the birth part wasn't even that different, but just the fact that I had their undivided attention yeah. for like the last, yeah. you know, six visits made a huge difference. Like something about that was very empowering and it made my experience different, even if it wouldn't have ended up, if it, even if it would have ended up being a similar experience medically. Right. So that is one thing. Um, and I forgot the other thing. doesn't matter. We'll no, get back I, to it. I mean, I love that. <laughs> and I really admire that. I often, I mean, just how I work is I often like don't realize that, uh, say a provider or a method or something isn't quite right until I figure out later what is uh, and that right. I've had several things in my life that are like that where it wasn't terrible but I didn't realize till way later like oh that that was not really how I wanted things and I think we're all like that so I'm like I'm high-fiving you for, Yay, for kind of times. like you know having that at 20 just to yes. be like yeah no this is not working right we do get better at that as we get older I think but. <laughs> I think you're right and and at the time honestly though that is a resource thing and I think that that may that may have been a I can't directly relate that to anyone like a tribe. I didn't, I wasn't online at the time. Like that wasn't part of it, but I do feel like someone must've given me that strength or that feeling like you can do this. And maybe it was like Sheila Kitzinger and it was her book. I don't even remember. I couldn't tell you, but it was some, it came from someplace. So I do think that's great. I think it's really smart to lean on those resources that speak to you early on because you never know what nugget you might get from that. Yeah. You know, and now, and now there are just so many ways to get connected to the information that feels yeah. right to you. And that's, it can be a slippery slope in the other direction too, but, um, but yeah. you know, that's why I like books sometimes. Yeah. I know like now we're so connected to other moms and that's great. And here we are two moms talking to each other and right. it seems, it would seem a little disingenuous for me to say like, you know, go get all your information from not library. here, not from the internet. But the great thing about a book is it just says what it says and then it lies there it doesn't, it's not going to argue with you in a comment yeah. section right. or in a Facebook thread. If It's not it, going to like reverse itself. Like it, yeah. the, it's if, not going to. Yeah. If it doesn't like what you choose, it's not going to show up in your bedroom at night on your smartphone. Right. It's just <laughs> going to stay in its book and you can, yeah. you can open it or not. Yeah. And it, it's like, it's safe in that way. And I feel like, yeah. I feel like, re- I really feel, um, 
I don't know. I really feel for newer moms now. I mean, I know I went through it a little bit with like forums and stuff like that when, when my kids were little. And I, I've talked before on this show about how I had a, my run in with the militant AP group. Um, <laughs> many of which I'm, many of the moms who I'm still connected with and are great. We've all kind of, we all kind of grew out of it a little bit. Yeah. But during its most militant phase, it was very unhealthy in a lot of ways. And still, though, there weren't push notifications. Right. Then. Right. I right. could shut it off. Yes. And I, I do feel, you know, if I was like a new, like yeah. a newer mom now and trying to figure this stuff out and didn't know exactly what I thought, I feel like the pressure must be just increasing. Right. And yeah, I think so. much more intense. And the availability. We've talked a lot on the show about the availability of information being great, but being then also completely overwhelming. Yes. Like it's almost simpler when you just go with the with what your like one pregnant friend is doing, which is what exactly. I did. Like I had one pregnant friend and I just did everything she did, you know? Yeah. Can I tell you though, my sister, Catherine, who uh-huh. was 10 years older than me. So like when, um, after I'd had, Oh, she was there for Owen's birth. Okay. And then, um, Oh no, sorry. Quinn was born before that. So she was there for, well, I didn't know. She was like there for one of my kids births. I don't even right. know which one. And so I sort of inspired her with her last baby, who she had at nice. 38, to try to have a natural birth. And she did. And it, you know, the thing is, it was also a super short labor. So right. by the time she got to the hospital, she was like one of those moms who like wheeled yeah. down, like, ah, it's coming out. You know, so it's not even like, who knows how it would have gone. But she just did something completely different with her last baby. So yeah. I think if that's medically available to you, yeah. you can also just change things up. Yeah, you know, you don't totally. have to, you're not like stuck necessarily. I mean, it, it's different going from a cesarean to a not cesarean. Right. That's a completely different No, but still, thing. I think we get smarter with each one. Yeah. And if we're fortunate enough to have a few tries at it, why right. not? I mean, and I got I, smarter yeah. even with within the system of the cesarean. I just, the last time my recovery was best, I was like mm-hmm. the best advocate for what I wanted and you just get you get better. So why not? Yeah. yeah. And I think for her, she just decided like, man, I don't really want to be induced and lay around for 48 hours yeah. <laughs> waiting for a baby to come out and getting really hungry. So for, yeah. you know, and I, you know, I think that it's okay as well. Like I know people who say like, they really just like checking into the hospital and, you know, kind of being taken care of for a day or two. And, and who am I to say anyone should do anything yeah. any differently? Like that's, I'm so far like past that, which yeah. makes me sound like I don't care. And that's not true at all. Because if someone wants a like a, you know, natural birth, I will yeah. fig like, I will fight hard to help them figure out a way to have it. Cause I, if you want something, if that's really what you want and that's how you feel comfortable and safe, I truly believe most cases that's going to be the safest thing for you and for your baby. But right. you know, some people just don't really care. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I can't, I don't care if you don't care. It's not, right. you know, it's not like a personal thing for me in that way. Maybe that's not, maybe that's why I'm not a doula. Yeah. Maybe the end, maybe that's why I didn't end up, I, maybe, maybe I'm just a little too a doula in, like, in like your next phase. Like maybe you'll decide mm. when you turn 60 that you want to no, go back. You know what ha- no, you know what happened when my sister went into labor? So. Oh yeah, I've heard this story, but tell yeah. it because I don't think okay. our listeners So <laughs> I was considering becoming a doula. I was 28. My sister's 38. She goes into labor. She calls me at two in the morning and I laid there and was like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> you can choose any time to go into labor. I have to get out of bed at two. And in a minute, I'm like pulling my boots on. Now, at the time I had a nursing baby and, you know, but I'm still like pulling my boots on all grumbly, grumbly. And I thought, I have no business. Yeah. <laughs> I have no business going right. into birth as any kind of a calling because if I can't get myself out of bed at two in the morning for my sister, you know. Yeah, this without, is not, good. This this is is not, not the right fit. This is not the right fit. 
Speaking of that, we have to throw a shout out to our the show that we both love, which is called The Midwife. I always feel like everyone has already seen this show because I kind of came to it late. But I keep talking to people who it's not on their radar. So if you're in this birth and pregnancy phase of life and you are not watching Call the Midwife, which is a BBC drama series, it's available. I think it's on Amazon and Netflix. I mean, it's pretty widely available now. Um, it's so good. It's, it's 1959 best. London, like period. I mean, honestly, piece, if British, you like period, if you like Britain, if you like BBC, if you like uh, birth, if you like touching crap that makes you cry, it, it, yeah, you would like, like this show. Perfect in so many ways. Yes, um, absolutely. So yeah, we love Call the Midwife. Um, okay, so I, I do want to talk about um, kind of our pregnancy symptoms themselves because oh, I think that's yeah. kind of a fun and light topic. Yeah. And I don't know much about your pregnancy. So were you a happy pregnant person? Were you sick? Did you have <sighs> heartburn? Were you fat? Tell me. Well, I mean, I was pregnant five times. So the first... And that's another question. Were they all similar? Were, mm, were they wild? No, different? not really. I mean, they, they were... I'm not going to... I had fairly easy pregnancies. But the first one I threw up, like three times a day for I don't know and it, the weird thing was that the throwing up started much later than it should have so I kind of thought I had like I'd skipped it I was like oh yeah, I'm I... off scot-free and then suddenly one day I'm just barfing all the time um and yes my face got very fat with all of my babies but I don't I didn't gain like a ton of weight it's just like it was my face just like every time I look back at a picture of myself at the end of a pregnancy I just yeah. crack up I just look yeah. like a chipmunk um <laughs> I had a well, I mean, but all the symptoms, I had them all. Like I had, I had hemorrhoids. I had varicose veins in weird places, including like places one does not want to get a varicose vein. I had just like, I mean, I, yeah, I, I kind of ran the gamut. Like two pregnancies, were I had you, terrible acid were, reflux. Did you, were you, did you relatively enjoy pregnancy? I mean, some people yeah. really hate it. Some people no. really love it. Um, I really, I really, really loved like months four, five, six, and seven. Yeah. I loved eight and nine a little less. Yeah. But I, but I always felt, you know what I loved about pregnancy? I loved, like, I loved how special it felt. It yes, just, I oh, agree. it felt like everybody around you is in on this little secret with you. Yes. And I you're, agree. you're sort of exalted in a way. And like, people are looking at you and thinking, oh my God, you know, it was, I, totally, very, yeah, yeah. You, I could not have said it better. I feel exactly the same way. And it was, I do like sometimes I think about that and never never having that again and it makes me a little sad because that was just an awesome feeling. I and I just love the it. anticipation. Um, like like it's like your own little it's like having your own like little buddy and your own little secret. Yes. Yeah. And it's like oh my gosh, one day this like person yeah. who I don't even yeah. know yet is going to come out and, and it be... changes so quickly, so it yes. kind of satisfies that like yeah. Ooh, something new is happening and yes. like now yeah I agree. And I remember with the first two, I would you know like I had like little pregnancy journals and like every day you'd write something down and of course you'd run out of stuff to say because what is there to say I mean one from one day to the next I mean it's not that different but it just was a very it was a very special time I think with yeah. all of them I mean I really and I was you know I had several unplanned pregnancies there always be like that oh crap moment but for <laughs> me it was always very quickly replaced with oh yeah. yay you know yeah. just super excitement and yeah. we love babies like John and I both yeah kind of just want to get our hands on someone someone around us needs to have a newborn so like if someone could just get on that please because we need to get our hands on a baby <laughs> we have on my street which i've talked about my neighborhood is great and there's a ton of kids but violet's the very youngest of all the kids and she's mm. three so everybody else is well older than that mostly elementary age and we have this neighbor who just had a new baby and we've all agreed that like we have to hold ourselves back from being like the creepy stalker. like yeah hi, like, knock on hi can we touch your baby we just want <laughs> to smell him do you need help now? Do you need help now? Can I hold your baby now? Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I was really sick. Very, very, very nauseous. 
all the time, 24 hours. With certain, some pregnancies, I threw up more than others, but it didn't matter whether I threw up or not. I felt like throwing up every waking moment without reprieve for a pretty long time. Like I remember with Allegra being like, I thought it was going to be 12 weeks and then 13 and then 14. And I think it was more like 15 or 16 weeks Ugh. that I stopped being nauseous with the first two. And then little Violet, the special child that she is, kept me ill, like round the clock nauseous to like oh. 25 weeks. And even after that, I had food aversions the whole rest of the pregnancy. I mean, I wasn't oh. nauseous, but like food didn't really. In fact, I remember after I had her, just euphoria at how hungry, because you know how hungry you are when you're nursing and like oh, yeah. everything, mm-hmm. you just want to eat all the time. But it was even that much better because I realized like I haven't eaten like meat in like months because it just didn't sound good. So even after I wasn't nauseous anymore, I just, nothing sounded good. So I like nausea was definitely my biggest, you know, typical, yeah, like tough. I wasn't in the hospital, like with the, you know, like Kate Middleton, but yeah, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. was constantly. Hyper- is it called hypermesis? hypergravidarium or something like I don't know oh, okay wrong well but who knows? no I thought hypergravidarium isn't gravidarium isn't that how many babies you have I have no idea well we'll have to we'll have to do obviously neither one of us we need to brush up on our preggies yeah please do not take medical advice from us <laughs> uh, especially in the evening um but no, I just, yeah, I was really, really nauseous. I still gained weight. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. You know, the people who are really sick and don't gain weight the first trimester, that was not me. Because I just ate bagels and carbs well, constantly. That, yes, carbs. Like, I never wanted to eat, and yet I always had to eat. So I think, like, the guidelines for the first trimester was, like, zero to five pounds. And I always gained, like, 13 in the first trimester. And then it kind of evened out a little bit. But um, It's called hyperemesis gravidarium. Oh, so there's We were gravid- both right. We were both right. <laughs> But I'm, I'm glad I didn't pull that out of nowhere. But I'm pretty sure gra- I think grava grava also rem- uh, also refers to how many babies you've had. Okay. Because as I recall, I was called like a multi or like a oh major like a, like a major gravidarium or something. gravidarium. <laughs> like I was yes, I was like holy crap, what? Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. You win. You won yeah. all the prizes. <laughs> I was gravida. Gravida inc- indicates the number of. Thank you, Google. Um, gravida indicates the number of times a woman has been pregnant. Oh, okay, so, I totally did not know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So every time I talk about how nauseous I was, there's always a story about someone who was literally hospitalized because they couldn't. Yeah, and that was not yeah. me. But just to have like I just no break. I mean, morning, noon, and night, every waking moment, I was right. nauseous for many, many weeks. That was the hardest part. After that, I was pretty good, and I was usually even good toward the end. Like. I didn't have as many, of, I would say, of like the end of pregnancy discomforts. I mean, sleep was hard and yeah, you get like sci- you get sciatica and all that. You know, do you get that sciatica? Uh, I had that with no, several. That's like nerve pain, like in your leg or hips. It kind of comes like starts from your butt, okay, and like runs down either through your butt, down your leg, or over your hip and through your leg. Okay, and for me, it would mean like if we were out shopping, I couldn't stop walking. So if John wanted to stop and like look at something, I would just have to like walk circles oh. around him. Or stand there like a stork with my leg in the air. Like I'd have to stand with my leg like bent up like a stork. Did so you that have was dumb. swelling at all? I mean, you had those big no, babies. I know. I, no. did, I didn't really have that too much was never really. I never had blood pressure issues. I know it's like it's terrible. I feel almost guilty sometimes because it just was pretty textbook. I mean, right? Yeah, I obviously had some discomfort. Like I had discomforts. I had things I had, that weren't did, great. Did you have heartburn? I always heard about pregnancy two of them. heartburn, and yeah. I never really got it till the third time, of course. And that was like yeah, wicked that's heartburn. when I, I and I had gallbladder pain with my I want to say fourth and fifth, and and okay. yes, and 
acid refluxy, heartburn yeah. where I couldn't fall asleep. I had like sleep propped up on pillows. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, all that stuff, you know, Fun but stuff. I think that's just, that's just, I mean, for most of us, that's just kind of par for the course. Yeah. And then some people end up with like, you know, two of my best friends I ended up with super high blood pressure. And, and that really affected not only the ends of their pregnancies, but their desire to ever get pregnant again. Yeah. I yeah. never had anything like that. So I, yeah. I, you know, I have to like really thank my lucky stars for that kind of thing because it just yeah. it never was an issue. No. And I think that's true. And worth saying for our listeners too, that you and I have pretty happy birth stories, happy pregnancies. They look different, but there's, you know, there's just a lot, there's a lot that can be really hard from infertility yeah. to really difficult pregnancies to really difficult births. And all of that is, I think, really helpful to talk about and to be educated about. And by no means are we glossing over that. We just are sharing what's personal to us, which right. is maybe relatively boring. Yeah. <laughs> boring. We're boring. Pregnancies. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, what, so you do sometimes miss being pregnant, but you've never had that like, oh my gosh, I think I want to be pregnant again. We've talked about this. If listeners, if you don't know, we did a whole episode about how do you know when you're done having babies. So if you want to have that discussion, that's a whole separate episode. But I'm just curious. Well, no, I mean. Do you ever just still look at a pregnant person and be like, I wish that was me? uh, uh, Okay. So, you know, like physically I cannot be pregnant again. So that's a big part of it. And I can't really think that way, you know. If If I could, what I will say about this, here's what I'll say. I don't miss being pregnant necessarily. I don't want to go back in time that way because I feel like I've come out of that and I'm in a completely different phase of my life, which I'm really enjoying. But I do miss the simplicity of it. And we've talked about this as well. Like the, the focus that, that simplicity of focus, you know, like this is what's going to happen. I'm going to have a baby. Right. Right. (laughs) And then I'm going to take care of that baby. And that is going to be the most important thing in my life for a while. And I feel like that's something that I might never have again, you know, where it's like everything is about my biology. Right. I guess when I die. I mean, honestly, yeah. Yeah, you have, I have. Yeah, exactly. You have one job. You cook right. this baby and then get it into the world and then care for it. And that's something that I'll never have again in that way. And I do. Right. I miss that. Probably not enough to do it again. But I right. did. I, I would have missed it enough to do it five times. Yeah. So there you go. It's a pretty it's a pretty compelling thing that we do, you guys like, you know, agreed. And, and, and sometimes it's easier to see that in hindsight, especially yeah. if it is difficult or if you're having a hard pregnancy or if you have other little kids. So it's easy for us to kind of wax poetic about it. I just had um, one final thought. I had a sure. really close friend and all three of our first three babies were born very close in age. I mean, the first two sets, like number one and number two baby were within a couple weeks of each other. And then our third babies were like six months apart. And she decided to have a fourth. And that was really like, that was probably the first time where it was like, that Aww. could have been me. You know, yeah. like her, her Violet equivalent, like her toddler is now a big sister. Like Violet's yeah. not going to be a big sister, you know? And so I haven't, I haven't had too many of those. And I've talked on this show, like Violet's a really good reminder that I'm done every day. She's a handful and I feel very complete. Um, but that was like, that was definitely the most in your face that I've had where it's like, well, that was, that's a different path. It was but not. you know, it's it's so funny because I had more, you know, I always, when I was young, thought, oh, I'll probably have four or five. But there was a time in my life when I got to three and was like, yeah, I think I'm pretty good at three. The fourth, that fourth pregnancy was kind of a kick in the old ovaries. Yeah. And yeah. you know what, though? Everything was okay. Likewise, I have friends who thought they'd have bigger families and yeah. got to one or two. Yeah. And that was enough for them. And yeah. you know what? That's okay. Like, 
in the end, most of us figure out a way to work with what we got. And I think it's going to be okay. (laughs) If I kind of feel like every time we do a show, the end, the whole, like our whole summary for the whole show is it's going to be okay, Sarah. It's all good. It's all good. It's going to be okay. Like it's maybe doesn't feel good now. It maybe doesn't feel even close to okay. It's not, it's not as simple as being like, good or bad is sometimes it's like fraught with some of those mixed feelings, but it's still going to be okay. It's still going to be okay. Um, it is episode seven. I wanted to point out it's one of our most popular episodes. It's called, are you done having babies? And so this whole, this whole topic, um, we went in detail and it's episode seven that you can find at the and I'll link to it in the show notes for this episode too. But, um, yeah, even after this lovely conversation, I don't have a big desire to be pregnant or have another childbirth experience but I am sending love to all those listeners out there who are I know there's a lot of our listeners who are pregnant yeah and you know I think that if you know you talked earlier about having a tribe and I think if I had if I could come away with like one piece of advice besides the just read some books because they won't they won't haunt you necessarily (laughs) like those people who wrote them are probably old now and they're not they're not invested in your personal birth story so you know, but the other thing I think is if you do feel the need and obviously we all need like that person or those people mm-hmm. that we're going to talk to, just, just narrow it down. Find like one person yeah, who you can talk to. You can send me an email. <laughs> like you can send Sarah an email, yeah. whatever your feeling is like, if it's, if you want to go the more natural route, if you have a plan cesarean, whatever it is, like go to that one person yeah. who's going to support you and make you feel good. And also not, you know, BS you like, yeah, that's what you need. You don't need all of the internet. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's And you really also good. don't need all of the moms at your yoga studio or your childbirth class right. or whatever it is. You know, that's too much. It's like too right. much, too many opinions, too many people who really don't know what they're talking about and right. are invested maybe in right. a way that makes them unable to step outside right. as I once was, unable right. to step outside my own experience. Like right. you don't need that necessarily. Right. You, you need like that one or two people who are like really on your side, right. who care enough to tell you the truth, but aren't going to beat you over the head with their opinion. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think that's I that's totally probably true. that could probably apply to all of life, but well, I think that's a challenge that hello at the momhour.com is our email. So yeah. I challenge you to send me your <laughs> If you are planning a home birth or have a scheduled C-section <laughs> or anything in between because we've, in we've between. been, you know, we've had lots of different experiences yes. just send it to that's us. That's so true. Um so yeah, let's wrap up. Email yeah. us hello at the momhour.com. This episode will be at the momhour.com. And oh, also just wanted to say last episode I threw it out there or a couple episodes ago to come join us on Facebook and like our Facebook page and interact with us there. And we got so many people doing that. So thank you guys for, yes. we just were seeing new names and faces pop up on Love Facebook. Um, so thank you. Um, and uh, that is all I got. I That's wish you I a good evening. Good evening as well. <laughs> all right. Thanks everybody. Talk to you next week. Next time. Hey everyone, we have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following the mom hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. 
I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com. 